tornadoes to hurricanes, blizzards, and everything in between, you're listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Stormfront Freaks are former television meteorologist Mark Massaro, atmospheric science graduate and skyworn storm spotter Brady Harris, digital meteorologist and weather producer on the Weather Channel app Dina Knightley, former on-camera meteorologist at the Weather Channel Kim Cunningham, Emmy-winning storm chaser and photographer Chris Sanner, and I'm your announcer and Skywarn Network coordinator Mark Johnson. Now, here's the moderator of the Stormfront Freaks podcast, Skywarn storm spotter and chaser Phil Johnson. All right, welcome to the most entertaining weather podcast on your listening and viewing device. This is Stormfront Freaks podcast. And for those of you watching our unedited recording, it's Stormfront Freaks Raw. And uh, so be careful. Uh, also, welcome to our <laughs> also welcome to our Oklahoma Weather Tracker TV viewers. Uh, we're glad to have you along this evening as well. Uh, you've probably noticed I'm not Phil. <laughs> wait, but you're you're wait, related, aren't you? <laughs> I, I am related, but I'm not him. You're like a so. better looking version of Phil. <laughs> oh. so, I'm not commenting on that one. No. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're we're a couple short today, but we got a great crew here that are going to uh, help us out. A great guest. Um, Phil looked down the bench way at the end and saw me and said, "You maybe want to host it tonight because he wasn't going to be around." And Maz is playing hooky as well, so uh, we'll uh, say hi to them and and carry on. If it's your first time listening, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to catch our most recent episode with Catherine Prosip, weather producer for the Weather Channel's Weather Underground show. Our library also includes shows with social scientist Dr. Laura Myers and storm chasers from Tornado Trackers. Find all of our previous shows on stormfrontfreaks.com or on youtube.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Well, tonight this is episode 39 and our guest is former hurricane hunter and meteorologist in charge of the National Weather Service Louisville office, John Gordon. Hey man, what's hey. welcome everybody. Hey. Welcome, John. welcome, welcome, welcome. Great to have you here, John. We'll also Thanks, be discussing, man. yeah, we'll also be discussing why flooding deaths have increased over the last 30 years and while other natural hazard deaths have decreased. And of course, we'll finish the show with our crazy weather fools and our excellent WX resources. So let's uh, let's carry on here. Brady, you've got happy hour tonight. You know, it is happy hour. It's 5 o'clock somewhere, and it is officially happy hour here on the Stormfront Freaks podcast. Now, I know I usually say that the Weather Fools is the best segment of the show, but this is the best segment of the show right <laughs> there. There you go. MJ, let's start off with you all the way up in warm. You know, it's actually warm up in Minnesota right now, isn't it? Uh, it says 34.5 degrees on the weather station. So. <laughs> Call that warm, warm if you'd that's, like. That's balmy. Well, so, what are you um, drinking tonight? Well, tonight, because it's, you know, some of you know I'm kind of a fan of South of the Border beers, <laughs> and I have my Dos Equis again. It's a Dos Equis uh, Blanco, and sometimes I got to have that when it's cold because I got to think about warm climates. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm a big Dos Equis guy, so love that. Uh, Chris, down in Oklahoma City, you guys are getting some uh, some severe weather, right? Oh wait, no, that's it's no, that's, in a couple that's, months, right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's about four or five months away. Today we actually had a bit of a we had a bit of a frontal passage, and the temperatures dropped about thirty degrees. Exciting, so exciting. So tonight I am drinking a little bit of sugar-free apple cider, mixing it up, but I also have my trusty water as usual there you go there you go well you'll be you'll be hydrated and you might you know during the breaks we might see you uh, go to the bathroom a couple times exactly oh, I, hope anyway. not. I hope not. anyway uh so tonight i'm drinking uh decided to mix it up i was drinking wine uh i think a couple shows in a row so i'm like you know what let's do a beer 
And one of my friends got a Sam Adams Harvest or Harvest Heffa. Sorry, that's a bit of a uh, <laughs> bit of a conundrum there. It's it's a I don't really know what kind of beer it is, but it says hazy hazy golden with spicy and sweet notes. You know what? It's not half bad. I can't okay. really. Once again, I can't peg the type of beer, but it's it's pretty good. So that's not good. Bad. It's half, it's half yeah. good. All right, yep. good. Now, Kim, <laughs> yes. Kim, what are you drinking down in Atlanta? You drinking another IPA? Or you decided to mix it up. You guys, I decided I had to mix it up tonight. So look what I have here. I've got a glass of a red blend called Apothic Red. Now it's not an expensive, isn't it wonderful? It's a red blend. It's got like Zinfandel. It's got a bold Cabernet in it, Merlot, Shiraz, just all blended together. And it's wonderful. I absolutely love this. And I decided not to drink a beer because I didn't eat dinner until eight o'clock. And so I'm full mm. and you know how it is. It's like, uh, yeah, I can't drink a beer right now. Some wine would be nice, but I had plenty of wine or beer on Halloween. So I'm doing there, good. There you go. Anyway, there you go. Kim. There me. you go. It's it's good to switch it up, you know. Wine is, is a good, especially you know. I, I get the fullness feeling. I would not want to have a beer right now. I am too I, full. Yes, I agree. Anyway, so our guest, John, are you drinking something? Yeah, I thought you were gonna invite me to do this too, man. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Are you absolutely. Me? absolutely. We always invite our guests to do it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a real life hurricane hunter. So if you see the glass, that's our emblem right there. I am drinking a little hurricane hunter with some cranberry and vodka and frambois. Wow. 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 And I, nice. I, but the drink of choice down at uh, St. Croix, which is our Ford operating base in the Caribbean, was a nice margarita at sunset after a 12 hour day flight. That would be Ooh. very soothing. Oh, oh that yeah. Would be, that would be cool. <laughs> now, now, you didn't drink that when you were in the plane, right? That was no, once we had, <laughs> no, we had No, we had 12 hours before flight. No alcohol, no scuba okay. diving, no blood donation. Not good. Just making sure. <laughs> making sure. That, was, that was your first uh, lightning round question. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll get to that later. But that's about it for uh, all right for happy hour. Actually, happy you know hour. what? It's always happy hour. Though. It's always happy hour. Yep. And as a shout out to our uh, viewers on our YouTube uh, YouTube live tonight, uh, they're participating in happy hour too. We got all kinds of things going on with them. Uh, Cherry Pepsi, uh, Faust Wheat Beer. Uh, oh, suggests, right uh, there. proof Sam Adams for $200 a bottle. So there you go. Whoa. Whoa. So, good to have though, all of you folks participating with us. So yes. <laughs> uh, we want to get right to our guest, uh, John Gordon from uh, meteorologist in charge of the Louisville offer for office, former hurricane hunter, Kim, you're going to introduce and get us started. All right. Love to. All right. So John is currently the meteorologist in charge for the national weather service in Louisville, Kentucky. As we said, he's also um, been with the National Weather Service, by the way, for 22 years, holding a variety of forecast and management positions in Mississippi, Alabama, Missouri, and Tennessee to include a journeyman forecaster at the Springfield, Missouri office from 94 to 98 to being selected as a lead forecaster at the Nashville, Tennessee office. Um, he then served as meteorologist in charge of the Huntsville, Alabama office beginning in 2002 where he led the spin-up of the new forecast office until reporting um, to Louisville, where he currently works. Now, prior to the National Weather Service, he served in the Air Force. I love you, John, both active duty, yes, and also as a reservist. His assignments include serving as a wing weather officer at Tinker Air Force Base, Oklahoma, and a team chief at the European Forecast Unit 
in Deutschland, in Germany. All right. Yeah, right. Uh, Sprechen Sie Deutsch? Yeah. That's what yeah. I want yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drink Kroos's beer. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so most of his career, though, was spent in the reserves as a flight meteorologist for the Hurricane Hunters out of Keesler Air Force Base in Biloxi, Mississippi. John flew several major hurricanes, including Fran in 96, Brett in 99, Isabel in 03, Francis and Ivan, remember those well, in 04, and Katrina in 05, of course, like the busiest years ever. Um, He has made over 90 penetrating flights since 1995. He is now retired after 20 years. Thank you so much, John, for your service. Thank you. All right. Now, Gordon, he, Gordon, call you John. All right. John earned his bachelor's degree in meteorology from Park College of St. Louis University in 1986 and earned a master's in teaching of geosciences at Mississippi State University in 2002. That's a long life. (laughs) Goodness, that's a rich life. I love it. First, thank you so much for joining us. for having me, I'm glad to be here. This will be fun. Yeah, thanks for blessing us with your presence. And of course, thank you for your service, not just in the Air Force, but but your public service. I mean, National Weather Service all those years. Yeah, it's been fun. This is a fun life. Weather's the greatest job in the world. The greatest job in the world. It yeah. never, it always changes. So that's, I'm with you on that, John. And I know a lot of people, and of course they want to hear all about your, you know, hurricane hunter time, but just, if you could just quickly let us know what a meteorologist in charge does. And a lot well, of here's like, well, a little humor for the, here's a little humor for the group, okay. Kim. Uh, you know, MIC, that's what our title is. Basically, M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Uh, <laughs> okay. uh, you know, it's a fancy schmancy title. It's like a janitor's a sanitation engineer. <laughs> um, you know, these titles just kill me. Basically, I help lead the office. We have a staff of 23. We work 24-7, round the clock, uh, issuing the warnings, watches with our media partners, emergency managers. We work with the aviation community. We work with the fire weather community, the forestry, the air quality, the hydrology. It's never boring at the office. <laughs> no, I guess not. So which of your National Weather Service assignments, which one um, did you like the best? Well, good question. <laughs> uh, I, I think I had a lot of fun when I was in uh, Springfield, Missouri. We had a lot of weather. I've seen some of the craziest nonsense I've ever seen in my life. Really? Uh, November 15th, 1995, we were 80 degrees in the eastern part of our area and 35 in thundersleet. Thundersleet what? in what? Joplin. So we're, we're issuing tornado warnings over by West Plains and um, Rala, and there's thundersleet, which I'd never heard of in my life. I don't know if yeah. any of you have our uh-huh. guests. That was news to me. <laughs> Can't make yeah. that up, Kim. No, no I know. Yeah. No, now, now, John, when you're in a situation like that, do you have someone watching the severe weather and someone watching the winter weather, or is it just kind of a, a combination of both? It's a combination, but that's a great question because back then we used to have this giant uh, radar display called the PUP, the Principal User Pro- Processor, which is no longer there. One person did all the radar. So all of a sudden, I was on radar issuing tornado warnings, and I go, I wonder what that is by Joplin. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then we got a report of Thundersleet, and I'm like, we need to dedicate some people to this problem. Oh, my gosh. Well, you get that crazy stuff there in the Midwest, though. You know, I mean, I definitely. Yeah, wow, that was weird. Awesome. I yeah. bet. 
so I john bet. so john i always like to ask this of anyone on the show so what got you interested in weather you know and when did it start and great question know, Brady. yeah i was you... seven years old man i'm old i was born when lincoln was president so i've been around a while you know <laughs> i was at the they inauguration that long ago there's yeah. no way no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I was seven years old, and Tropical Storm Agnes would mm. not die. It would not die. It came into yeah. Florida. It came into the Carolinas. It came into Washington. It hit Rochester, New York, Western New York. Now, where was, were you at this time? I was in the Finger Lakes of Western New York, up by Buffalo, okay. Rochester. Okay. Wow. We got hit with 50-mile-an-hour winds and 17 <laughs> inches of rain. Oh my gosh! Oh, and and God. and my dad's old black and white Zena TV, which was very old. I used to hold the rabbit ears for him. <laughs> uh, but my dad's old Zena TV, there was a special on the Hurricane Hunters, and I told my parents in 1972, I will do that one day. Oh, wow. that's so cool, John! Wow, awesome! Wow! So, wow! So I live my dream. Yeah, that that's awesome. Yeah. So, so we. Oh, I'm go sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. You can okay. go. Oh, I was just going to talk about ask about the Hurricane Hunters. Like, what would be the most memorable moment you had in the plane? I mean, that's like, let's just start there. Like, what's the biggest thing? <laughs> okay. Um, first of all, let me just tell you this real quick. It's basically you're flying in a storm about seven hours. You're flying at 180 knots at 10,000 feet, airspeed indicated. Basically, flying on the left side of the wind and letting the drift from the wind, the track, push you back to the center. Uh, but to answer your question, uh, I lost 3,000 feet in Hurricane Fran, oh, and that will get your attention very oh, quickly. Uh, the storm that I think we made the best difference of all was Katrina. Um, Katrina was really not bad in the eye or the eye wall, but the east side was terrible, very bad. Never seen an east side of a storm as bad as that one. All what do you mean by that? Were, it was, I would say it was moderate to severe turbulence. It was okay. so bad on the feeder band, mm. 60 miles, 70, 80, 90 miles out from the storm. Wow. That, th those are the ones that came into Pascagoula and Mobile and uh, Orange Beach. So um, anyway, what I think about that storm is we, we, the hurricane hunters, work with the Hurricane Center to get the information out. And I better watch what I say because I'll be censored. But <laughs> the governor of Louisiana and the mayor of Louisiana fumbled on the one yard line when they were gonna win the Super Bowl. And mm. it was very bad. Uh, it was really bad. We, our data saved lots. It, there should have been a lot less lives lost because mm -hmm. we, get, we gave them on Saturday night, Sunday morning of the 28th, 29th, we gave them 175 knots in the storm. Wow. And they had, how many hours would that be? They still had 33 hours to get people out. Yeah. And there's no excuse. There's no excuse. <laughs> so you wanted a lively guest, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just reminiscing back so, then. So yeah. John, like when you're in the plane, I guess it's just hard for me to fathom, you know, those unbelievable winds and then you're just flying through it. Like how does the plane not go down? You know, well, we, we fly these intercardinal headings. Okay. Okay. So let's say we took off at Atlanta with Kim. We're taking off out of Dobbins. Okay. Yeah. So let's say we're going down to a Katrina. Let's say it's in the middle of the Gulf. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're going to take a heading that's to the southwest. All right. We're going to okay. go on these intercardinal headings. So we'll come in. We'll descend down to 10,000 feet when we're about 150 miles from the storm. And when we get to 105 point, 
we got to be down at 10,000 feet. We'll do a heading that's off to the southwest of 225, southwest. Yeah. So we'll yeah. come in with the wind 90 degrees off the side of the plane, and that will give us the, the navigators, my best friend over here to my right, <laughs> and the navigator will give me the heading to get me to the center. Mm. You know, a lot of times on um, – actually, the hardest mission of all – best mission. That is mm -hmm. by far the hardest for a meteorologist, by far. you got to go down there to an area of, dis of disturbed weather. I always like that on TV. I think that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not sure. I'm not sure what that means. It's sad. It's very sad weather. It's, it's, it's uh, upset. It's upset. Very it's sad and yeah. upset. But anyway, those are you're down to 500 to 1,500 foot off the deck. Oh, on a regular gosh. hurricane plane, we're down at, at 10,000 feet, and the drift of the wind is pushing us back to the main heading that the navigator's off. Then when we get to the eye wall, depending if it's concentric eye wall or just one of the eye wall, we'll make a series of drops. A loadmaster drops off our, I'll tell them to release. And you wanna hit the maximum wind. You have to pay a lot of attention. There's a lot of data. Imagine this giant screen that we're doing the show on. There's yeah. just data everywhere. <laughs> and it's one second data, 10 second data, 30 second data. And you're trying to use the, uh, the temperature, the highest temperature, the lowest humidity, uh, the strongest or lightest winds that the case may be, and the lowest pressure, and the radar, to use a representation of getting to the lowest pressure and the lightest wind in the center of the center. So we're dropping eye wall inbound, center drop, eye wall outbound in a span of 10 minutes maybe. Mm -hmm. And then we go outbound. Wow. And the thing, if you ever notice, does any of you do any of you watch the plane on Google Maps with the program? Can you oh, do yeah. that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So if you ever see the plane turn around and you're with your, your favorite drink here and you wonder, why did the plane turn around? And that's because the drop probably failed. The sign. Mm. Okay. If the sign fails, they're gonna turn around nine times out of ten. Which wow. is a pain in the you know what, but <laughs> they still want that pressure. It's the pressure that drives the plane. Yeah. They want the pressure, and uh, and then you go out to 100, 105. So during that time, the nav is talking to the pilots, you know, avoid this cell or avoid this cell, whatever. We don't fly through everything. We fly through most everything. Yeah. Uh, and then so you get out to 105. I'm QCing the whole uh, vortex message. You guys look at the vortex message, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So I sent a prelim out right away. There's a nice button called F10. Love F10. <laughs> F10 saves the vortex message, the draft. As soon as I say drop, release the sound, nav, mark the spot, I hit my F10 button and it freezes, which is a nice thing. Because if you forget, that's not, not good, very bad. <laughs> and, uh, that's very annoying. You build the vortex message. I send a real one probably within 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And you, when I flew, I've been, I retired 10 years for heaven's sakes, but everyone knew when I flew because I had the most remarks of anybody. Really? <laughs> I would put all kinds of stuff at the bottom because I was trying to help the hurricane center. Yeah. Okay. okay. So, sure. Say, yeah, I've, got a, I've got a viewer question. A viewer says, have you ever seen the stadium effect punching through eye walls during flight? Oh, yeah. Oh, dozens and dozens of times. Tell, tell, tell us about that. Well, I mean, it's, it's, um, okay, let's, let's talk about this. How many of you think it's clear below me at most times at 10,000 feet in a cat five? It's, it's not. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's not. It's very not. rare, very rare. But above, it's always clear. Wow. Just a little cirrus here and there. But it's usually <laughs> yeah. pretty clear. Hmm. So 
what you see is when you punch through the eye wall, the eye wall, you just keep hearing it's raining so hard. It, I have never seen rain like this on the earth. And it smells with the engines going through it. We have four turboprop engines. And it's raining so hard that it smells like burnt rain. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. Wow. And, you, and the nav keeps going. We're almost there. We're almost there. And you hear, we're almost there. We're almost there. And then all of a sudden, you pop out, and it does look like a stadium. It looks like layers wow. on the eye wall. Um, now, I know one of you is going to ask me about the turbulence. And yeah. uh, if a storm is steady state and doesn't really change intensity very much, it really is not that turbulent uh, going through the eye wall. Uh, the feeder bands are bumpy, yeah. to the, you mm -hmm. know, but if a storm changes intensity, it is ass kicking turbulence. Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. Have you ever gotten sick? You know, that's a good question too. Um, no, because I have good food management. Oh, okay. um, smart. There are some smart Alex on the plane. There's a guy and I, if he's watching tonight, he'll laugh. John Fox. John Fox likes to eat gaseous food. He thinks, <laughs> oh, no. oh, that's not before nice. flight, even like, oh, yeah, he'd he, oh, he go to catch oh, party God. and he'd gas his food and walk around. Oh. And, uh, and uh, he would go on flights and uh, disrupt people. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh, what's his name? But, Say his name again, <laughs> John Fox, F O X. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, I actually what I do is I have I used to bring a sub and I would take one or two bites an hour, yeah, and yeah, 10 hours later, that. the sub would be gone. Wow. So, John, so it, go ahead, Kim. Go, go ahead, Kim. I was going to say, do you have, is there one hurricane that, you know, to you is front and center that maybe, maybe I'm asking more like, is there one that you were so surprised in, in all of, maybe because of the pressure drop or whatever, that you just thought it was an incredible hurricane? Um, yeah, I think the biggest one I ever, I still think it's Katrina, uh, okay. just because, you know, I thought that we made a difference. So, you know, we've got this sign that's outside the building, world famous hurricane hunters, which I think is a bunch of baloney. But, uh, you know, I think it's funny. I think it's funny. Yeah. Um, but um, that is a time where everybody, even the pilots on the plane, a lot of times the pilots really don't care. Well, I'm going to go on a date tonight or I want to go get my favorite drink yeah. or you know, whatever. That night, those, those pilots, the navigator, everyone on my flight, is generally from Southern Mississippi. Yeah. So there, the pilot said to me about two o'clock in the morning, and my nickname was Gordo, G-O-R-D-O. <laughs> and he says, Gordo, am I going to lose everything I own? Are my kids going to lose their house? And the seriousness in the plane was very different because the storm wasn't heading to Savannah. It wasn't heading to Houston. It wasn't heading to Miami. It was heading to very close to Biloxi. Yeah. And the seriousness on that flight, I've never seen it more serious. All I said to them was, it's not going to be good. Because if you might remember, the field elevation at Keesler is 30 feet. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay? So if you yeah. take a 25-foot storm surge with waves on top of that, yeah. you do the math. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. I thought we made a difference. Uh, I, I did an interview with Geraldo Rivera that night, which is pretty oh. funny. <laughs> And, uh, and I made a big mistake. So here's Brady. You'll like this. Here's my big mistake is yeah. I was doing knots in the plane. I, that's how I am in the plane. That's what we do. We sure. don't do miles per hour. We do knots. Oh, 
Mm-hmm. And I gave him a, well, I just measured 160 knots. And he goes, Major Gordon, what is 160 knots in miles per hour? I'm like, good Lord. Um, <laughs> and the pilot kept the pilot kept telling me, stop saying knots. <laughs> oh, oh God, I love that. Yeah, so uh, we made a difference that night. But I, when I said to Geraldo, my brother recorded it for me. But when I said that to Geraldo, I said, if you hear my voice and you're in Pascagoula, face St. Louis, past Christiane, Biloxi, crawl, walk, bike it on your scooter, get on anything you can and go north. Yeah. yeah. No. Go north. Yeah. yeah. Because it is, you're about to be shellac. See, the problem, real quick, the problem in southern Mississippi is these people were obsessed with Camille. Obsessed. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was the storm of record. And Camille was the peanut storm. Yeah. Named after John Hope's daughter, Kim. Right. John Hope's daughter. <laughs> yes, yes. Camille. And uh, Camille was, the, I, the uh, hurricane force winds of Camille went out 30 miles. Yeah. It's Katrina's scary. hurricane force winds went out 200 miles. Wow. Yeah. Now, which one is worse? Yeah. Well, yeah, we know. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we know now. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, John, when you get to go on those missions, is it something that you um, is there like a like a group of hurricane hunters that and they kind of, you know, you volunteer for a mission or is it, you know, you get picked? um, Just give us an idea of like the process of how you get selected for. Yeah. Once you become a hurricane hunter, then how do you get on flight? After you go through endless training and you're in the crew, what happens is you have availability. There are 10 full time crews stationed down there. They're called arts, aerial reserve technicians. Okay, they're GS employees. They also are reservists. And then there are 10 crews that are true traditional reservists. I think Kim was in the reserves, but these were true TRs, traditional reserves. Okay, so I would tell them when I was available. I always gave them, smart guy, I always gave them the first two weeks of September. Mm, very <laughs> smart. I, I did not want to go down there and sit on my butt. Yeah. I said, I don't care if the flight's at 3 in the morning. I don't care if some of these ungodly flights. One time I flew a storm, which was terrible. This was the worst shift I ever worked in my life. It took off at 3.20 in the morning, which meant I had to get there at 12.50. And we landed at 3.20 in the afternoon. Oh, my God. That's miserable. I mean, it's dark for five hours. And then suddenly you come home and it's 95 degrees and it's hotter than you know what. <laughs> and everybody wants to talk to you and you're not in a good mood. Yeah, I bet. Oh, wow. So anyway, the, so anyway, I picked my first two weeks. What happens is you go to the scheduler, you go to operations, I'm available. Mm-hmm. And they'll come up to you. What do you want to be on? You want to be on the first crew, the second crew, the third crew? Yeah. And I said, I don't care. Put me on. I'm ready to fly. Get me on the get me in the game. Yeah. Well, well John, I think I think I speak for everyone on this panel and in the audience and we, you know, thank you for your service because, you know, what you do does make a difference. You know, what you did does make a difference, you know, regardless of what um, any politician would say it's, it's life-saving data. Um, yeah. And it takes a lot of courage to do it. So we thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah. Our data, just real quick, our viewers, uh, 25% improvement of the models. That's why we're out there. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it cost it costs a million dollars million bucks to evacuate one mile of U.S. coastline. Hmm. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. That is crazy. So I have a quick question for you, John, and this has to do with the pilots. Do they they have a degree in meteorology, or they they just get trained on how to fly in a hurricane? Yes, that's exactly right, B. Um, Yeah, they are – 
a lot of my friends fly for Southwest, really? FedEx, um, all over the And there's some people that come from long distances, real distance. There's a guy that used to commute from Guam. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> that oh is crazy. Guam to get there. Wow. I mean, you could passion. just stay in Guam and do it. <laughs> Hawaii, we had Hawaii, Guam, Alaska. Wow. I mean, we're the only show in town. We're the only place you can do this. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, that's pretty cool. I always wondered about that. So how, yeah, do, they, I, how do they train for it? Oh, it, they, this, we go through a lot of storm mission training during the off season. We go, we go through the storm uh, uh, descent checklist, the storm checklist. They're trained about re, um, the, the pilots really earn their weight. They saved my life one time. Really? On the invest in Danny, what became Danny. I think that was 96, I think. And one hit Mobile Bay with 30 inches of rain. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're flying down there where the oil rigs are, off Louisiana. Okay. And most people don't know, those are very tall. I mean, very tall. Some are even taller than the others. Really? How, like, and how tall are we talking here? I, you know, I'm going to say this wrong on TV, but I think there are cl uh, some are close to 800, 900 feet. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, massive. Nice. Yeah. So there was a helicopter that came up these, we call them cowboys. They're not really cowboys and John Wayne, but these pilots, these <laughs> helicopters just do this. They go pick up five workers and they do this. They don't care what's up. <laughs> they came within probably 50, 60 feet of uh, direct collision. Oh, oh, wow. And the pilots responded very, very quickly. And we actually changed our regulations. We can't go below 2,500 feet down there where the uh, rigs are down off Leeville, uh, Louisiana. Okay. Um, so the pilots um, really watch. Here's another story for you. I was not on this flight because I made one of the guys retired after this flight. It was, um, I think it was 95, Tropical Storm Allison, which no one remembers. No one remembers. I remember. Okay, not many. Very, this is, not the, this is not the Houston gal, Allison. This was a little one in the Gulf. Mm -hmm. Well, anyway. Uh, the pilot who was a FedEx pilot and the co-pilot was on United, but he set up ahead and he had a Southern twang from Alabama, Dolphin, <laughs> Tim Galloway. Tim Galloway said, Lord, water up ahead, sure don't look funny. <laughs> and what they didn't realize, they ran into a microburst. Oh man. And they were at, I saw the radar altimeter, which is basically the distance from the water to the base of the plane, the RA. I saw the plot after they landed. Uh, they went from 620 feet to 92 feet. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so the pilots, what you do is you go full power, full torque, full flaps, and you get out of it. You, if you don't do that immediately, you will not survive. Yeah. Wow. You, oh you, will, you will not survive. And they saved that crew. And so the next plane, Hurricane Center was shocked by this. But the Hurricane Center, I was like, oh, let's fly up at 5,000 feet, 4,800 foot, which is 850 millibars. But so they flew there, and they got hit by a downburst. And they went and dropped to 3,000 feet. So that was one of the very few tropical storms ever that we went up to 10,000 feet for. Wow. Wow. Because wow. it was trying to get its act together. When I told you earlier, when they change intensities and they're trying yeah. to get their act together, that's wow. when they're nasty. I mean, they're bad, not good. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, John, our our, uh, our online uh, viewers are loving are loving this, and uh, so so are all of we. But um, we're, we're going to have to 
have to cut it off, but that gives us another reason to have you back another time. To I'll come back back. Anytime, man. I am sure there are a lot more stories you could mm -hmm. tell. You got to make sure not to have Phil on, though. So. I'm, really <laughs> <doing the> <laughs> <dynamic>. <laughs> I'm liking this. So, uh, so John, um, how can our listeners and viewers find and follow you on social media? Well, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm, a, I'm a modest man at Twitter. That's all I do. <laughs> okay. I like my modest clouds. My modest is my thing. It's the only downward cloud of all. So if you would like to follow my modest man at my modest man, I'll come and see me on Twitter. Awesome. 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 Well, sure. See, I was I was trying to get that username, and and you're the one that took it. Gosh, <laughs> it was <darn> great. <laughs> come on. Now he has mama's boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that makes it time for our lightning round, a brilliant and spectacular round of fun questions for our guest. Yes, Phil wrote that. <laughs> uh, I understand we're going to be doing Who Wants to Be a Louisville uh, Millionaire? Chris, you got, uh, you got it. Okay, John, we're going to play a fun game. It's based off of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? I will ask you a question. It will be multiple choice. And it's going to be Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Little Slugger Edition. So, right. in honor of in honor of your current base of operations in Louisville, you have right. two lifelines you can use at any point during this. You All can right. pull the you can pull the freaks, everybody else here on the panel, and you can ask for a 50-50, and I will narrow it down to fifty. All right, I got it. And, and and if you let me ride in the Hurricane Hunter plane, if you can arrange that, I will just give you all the answers. <laughs> I, like I like the last one. Yeah, yeah it's not a bad deal. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So anyways, let's get this started with the first question. Okay, what 120-foot-tall object sits out in front of the Louisville Slugger Museum? Is it A, a bat, B, a baseball, C, a baseball glove, or D, a sweaty sock? A. It is A. You are correct. Do we got a applause line I can put? Come go. on, Phil. That was too easy. Yeah, that, was, that, was, that was pretty easy. That one, Phil. I feel like sock. I least got something right. Yeah. <laughs> sweaty sock for D. Come on, Phil. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. I, I guess the first one's supposed to be really easy, I guess. So, okay. Question two. How many bats will the average pro player order in a season? Is it A, 30? B, 60, C, 120, mm. or D, 240? I'll take the 50-50. Okay, 50-50. It is either A, 30, or C, 120. I'm going to go with 120. You are exactly correct. 120 yeah. it is. We are moving on to question three. Awesome. Okay, Okay. now this one, th these are getting harder. I, they are. These are yeah. definitely, okay. Phil basically went from like super easy to let's crank it up. Okay, so now this one, this one's gonna be a little harder. Besides northern white ash, what other type of wood is used in most models? Is it A hickory, B oak, C pine, or D maple? Oh God, I don't know. That one. Uh, that one's I don't a think tough these one. are even weather related. I just <laughs> not weather. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will. I'll pull my freaks. Okay, freaks. What do you think? Is it hickory, oak, pine, or maple? I say oak. You know, I'm definitely thinking maple. I play baseball, so I'm I'm gonna risk my uh, my uh, <laughs> reputation on this one. Okay. Uh, what, what about you? <laughs> I, I I was gonna go hickory, and he wouldn't like that because then it doesn't it doesn't help him. So I'll go maple too. That would be my next choice. I gotta go with maple. I have no idea. Brady, you are a lifesaver. We are through question three. There you go. Let's go, man. Let's go. Okay, okay here Brady. we go. 
No problem. There you go. This one, you are out of lifelines except for that last one, which we mentioned. Okay. <laughs> come on, guys. Come on. No. Uh, anyways, Louisville Slugger started making bats in what year? Is it A, 1810, B, 1884, C, 1910, or D, 1984? Well, I know it's not A or D. It's either <laughs> 1884, 1910. Oh, God. I'll go 1884. 1884. 1884. Wrong. That is correct, actually. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. The question is five. You can't do that, Chris. Wow. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hearkening back to when Regis hosted this. You know, sometimes <laughs> pause for dramatic effect. We got to do that. <laughs> that is batting a, a thousand. Tour, by the way. You guys should come to Louisville and go to the tour. It's great. Hey, hey, actually, this sounds. This is selling me on it. Okay, MJ, was that a baseball pun you just you just said? Yeah, he's batting a thousand. There you yeah. go. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's perfect. He hit okay. It out of the park. This, this, oh. is final, this is the final question. You are going to be a millionaire if you get it. I can't tell you what you're a millionaire in. Phil did not specify what the prize is, but you will be a millionaire. <laughs> in cups. So, cups. Yes, that sounds great. In our Stormford Free Cups. Exactly. <laughs> I, I hope you have. A, I hope you have good storage. Okay. What natural disaster? in 1937 did significant damage to the louisville slugger business was it a lightning b a tornado c a flood or d a hurricane major flood c and that is exactly correct congratulations wow. oh John. You're a millionaire, everyone. I, mean, I don't know what to i mean that we'll get, we'll get phil to write the check for whatever that is yeah no clue. Right. that may be the first time a guest has gotten all of them correct that's awesome. Oh my God. I got all mine correct. Okay. Sorry. Ooh. Oh. That was with the Air Force. Kim, that's the go. Air Force. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Must... <laughs> all right. Great job, John. Thanks for uh, playing with us and having Thank some you. fun tonight. Uh, you've <laughs> been great. Fun. Really appreciate it. Um, so, we're going to take a short break. Our podcast listeners get to hear the latest edition of the Titans U Minute with Chris Snatter. So, uh, stay right here. We'll be back with John and our co host, Freaks, to, to discuss why flooding deaths have increased over other natural hazard deaths in the last 30 years. And now it's time for the Titan U Minute with Chris Satter. We're now heading definitively into the off-season of storm chasing, that dark and gloomy period otherwise known as winter in most circles. It's a time we all look into what new gear we're buying for the new year, but what about improving your brain instead? So, to brighten your mood, Let's talk about light, more specifically, how to best capture it with your camera around storms. Or to put it another way, here's three tips on how to improve your photography using nothing but your brain for the 2018 storm chase season. No gear improvements required. The first tip on improving your photography is to slow down. Seriously, some moments are going to be fleeting and you're going to feel the rush to get things right but take that extra second to ensure everything is in order from the exposure to the focus. Take it from this guy. Every shot I've missed was because I rushed. The second tip is to eliminate all distractions. I'm not talking about leaving your storm chase partner like Phil out on the side of the road and continuing to shoot down the road. No, I'm talking about what's in your frame. Get rid of anything that doesn't add to the shot. That extra tree? If you can walk 20 steps and remove it and have more storm in your shot, that's probably a good thing. Probably. Finally, and this one is very key, prepare to win with your shot before you even get the camera out of the bag. Get to know your gear before you go out and shoot. 
know what type of aperture and shutter you'll need in most situations so you can make small and not huge adjustments to your settings. Storm photography is about speed, and while slowing down to ensure things are right is essential, so is speed. That careful balance can be achieved in knowing what settings work best in what situations so you can dial them in quickly for only minor adjustments afterwards. Just be sure to remember your chase partner is in the vehicle before moving to the next location. Hey, I have a new series called Wild Weather, and this week's show has everything to do with an ugly curse on my storm chasing. You can see all the videos as well as our amazing Titan U curriculum on our website. Check it out at TornadoTitans.com. We'll see you next time. And welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Stormfront Freaks podcast and maybe seeing us live. We have John Gordon with us. He is the meteorologist in charge at the National Weather Service office in Louisville, Kentucky, also former hurricane hunter. Uh, we talked a lot about hurricanes, John, um, in the first segment. Now we want to kind of get an idea of, of what's going on in the other part of your life um, here, maybe in Louisville and what you do in the National Weather Service office. And, you know, there's been a lot of flooding that's been reported um, we just see a lot more flooding, it seems like, in the news lately. And um, it seems like flooding deaths have actually increased mm -hmm. over the last 30 years. And this is interesting because while deaths, deaths by other natural hazards like hurricanes and tornadoes have actually decreased, flooding deaths have increased. And we're just mm -hmm. curious to see what your thoughts on this are. You know, I, I'm really glad you invited me for this subject because this is very near and dear to my heart. 2005 was my first year here in Louisville. We had 12 tornadoes. How many people died from those tornadoes? No one. Yeah. I had 12 people die from flooding. Well, you know, well, there is, yeah. and there, in many, many, many cases, it is so preventable. Oh, there yeah. were two. There were two 20-year-old, 21-year-old ladies from the University of Kentucky that were bar hopping in 2005. They were in a cab. They're in a safe cab. Right, Kim? They're safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's raining cats and dogs, and water is flowing on the street. And the one the one chick says to the cabbie, hey, man, go! I want to go to that bar over there. He says, I'm not driving to that. She put a $20 bill in his face. Drive across. He says, I'm not driving across. They both get out pissed off, and they both got hit by the flowing water. One went into the sewer drain. The other one drowned on the road. That is so preventable. Oh. A former governor of the state of Kentucky, Bert T. Combs, he was long, he was probably in his 80s, out on his farm, and he was driving a, a kind of a dump truck tractor combination with a trailer. Went across, got hit by flowing water, mile around down the thing, he was found. I can tell you story after story after story. People driving around barricades. Yeah. Why do you think the barricade is there, Brady? Why is it there? <laughs> Stop people I mean, from going. I mean, it's just that simple. I have, I, I cannot, and the Weather Channel has been very big, and places like this uh, venue have been great about promoting turn around, don't drown, turn around, mm -hmm. don't drown. However, if people do not want to hear that, <laughs> yeah, and they, it, and I always love people with these big um, pickup trucks and big trucks. I can get through that. I've got a Ford 150. I can go through that. I've got a Chevy Equinox. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the reality is you can't go through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, the every reality. Time. Every and, time. and Kim, this, this subject is, 
I mean, you, you'd think that the Big Thompson Canyon in the 70s would have woke people up. Right. You would have think in the early uh, Fort Collins in the 80s, Cheyenne, uh, Rapid City, Shadyside, Ohio, yeah. Um, that campground in Arkansas, a, a, a pike camp, pike ground, all those campers died. Yeah. And, 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 and is it going to get better? I don't think so. So why do you think it's gotten worse though? Yeah. Because people think that they can get through anything, the Superman aspect of their life. Yeah. I, I, and, and I, it's got to start with kids. When I go to schools, I, and I go to rotaries. I speak at a lot of places. I always preach flooding. Flooding, flooding, flooding. Uh, my extinguished guest asked me about the 37 flood in Louisville. That's the record event in Louisville, not the 74 tornado. The yeah. 37 flood, they got 20 inches of rain. This is this is a river flood, not a flash flood. Yeah. They had 20 inches of rain in a month. Mm -hmm. Okay? So the flood stage at McAlpin, which is the uh, flood gauge here in Louisville, is 50 feet. 50 feet. It hit 85 feet. Think cool. about that. Wow. That's 35, 35 feet oh, above the flood stage. Mm -hmm. So what did the city of Louisville do, distinguished freaks? What did they do in 1937 after the flood? Did they do anything? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know why? Yeah. Why, Kim? Because it's a 100-year flood. It's It'll never happen again. Years, right? yeah. It can't happen yeah. again. Right. But in 1945, which is near eight years later, we hit 75 feet, and they went, oh, I guess it can happen. Oh, I guess we need to do something. Yeah. And oh. then they put the flood wall in. But getting back to your original question, we've got to educate kids, and these kids got to talk to their parents and their grandparents. There are people dying so unnecessarily, so unnecessarily. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, – John, that's – I mean, I work in TV here in Oklahoma City, and – the majority of the cases you hear when you hear of someone dying in a flood, you're like, this would have been prevented if they had just done this. How, what, what percentage, I mean, I, there's probably been a study on this, but what percentage of flooding deaths are preventable? I mean, do you have a ballpark I don't, figure? I don't. That's a really good question. I would say over 50%. Yeah, that's what yeah. I, it feels like yeah. it's pretty high. And these campgrounds, that thing, and I cannot remember that place in Arkansas, I think it's Albert Pike. I think it's the Albert Pike campgrounds. Do you guys remember that event? Yeah, that, that I do remember familiar. it. Yeah. Yeah. So in that case, the campground people have got to have a lot of these campgrounds let people um, camp near the creeks, the yeah, streams, the dry beds and stuff. Mm -hmm. The dry beds, mm -hmm. the Aurora areas. They have got to have an immediate plan of action. Yeah. They've got to have a plan. Yeah. Now mm -hmm. those I hold those people who allow people to camp on creeks and streams account they should be held accountable. Yeah. yeah. Do you think uh, do you think something like I know we have uh, outdoor warning sirens for that sort of thing for tornadoes? You think a campground should have something like I that? I think they should have something. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Maybe some kind of text message. Well, maybe they can't. Yeah. Get yes. There's something. They got to have something. Yeah. They need something. Because yeah. it's, it's, it's insane. Insane. The amount of people dying from flooding. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, it is. Yeah. And, and I think another an, another problem with that is people don't you know when people see a tornado warning when people see a severe thunderstorm warning they take that seriously because it's something tangible and it's something that um, they know is life-threatening when people see like a flood warning you know right. a lot of times you know you look outside and it's raining and you're like you know whatever it's not really infecting me and i think another good point too along the same lines 
So I interned at AccuWeather last summer. Um, we actually did a, a post-mortem analysis on the West Virginia flooding, like a company analysis. Um, and we did a really, really, really good job at predicting the tornado event. But as meteorologists, we did not do a good job at all of predicting the flooding event. And I think honestly, too, it, it's sometimes we get excited about predicting the tornadoes because that's what, you know, a lot of people, you know, a lot of meteorologists like the most. They like tornadoes. They like, you know, sexy weather. They like thunderstorms. Um, and so I think it almost gets lost on us how to even predict a flooding event because, you know, it, it's not something that excites us. Right. You make a good point. Um, I'll tell you a little inside baseball story. In 2009, we had the Louisville flash flood. And some of you may remember that. And uh, one of your former guests, John Belsky, we had on. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a true story. Anyway, he sent a note in the NWS chat that said a propane tank is floating down Third Street by the University of Louisville. Oh, God. And we had already had a flash flood warning out. Okay. But when he sent that, I said to my guys, I was out on the floor, I said, we got to do more. And they looked at me, well, what more can we do? I go, um, why don't we put a flash flood emergency out? Yeah. And they said, hmm. I don't think we're allowed to do that. I said, I don't care. Put it out and put my name on it. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And we were the first in the country and it was amazing. Wow. It was so amazing because when they hit the send button and sent that out, all four local stations, with ex without exception, went, we went, we're under a flash flood emergency. <laughs> like yeah. I mean, yeah. you know the breaking news, the old funny breaking news thing in the hands. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And it was like immediate. And everyone yeah. in the city, the urgency went like this. Yep. Yeah. But that flash yeah. flood warning, there was no emergency. Yeah. Yeah. And, th and that's, honestly, that's what, you know, that's what we, you know, we, we need to do you know, a better job of making that kind of, not necessarily a flash flood emergency, but we need to make a flash flood warning as important as a tornado warning. Well, I'll give a great local example here just from Oklahoma. May 31st, 2013. What does every meteorologist go to? Oh, the El Reno tornado. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 14 people died from flash flooding in Oklahoma that day. I know. That flooding uh, event was horrific. Yeah. And wow. we don't talk about that. And that, that's a perfect example of what we were just talking about. I know. Being sent out to yeah, get off. Get, it's just a mess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So the emergency, I think, after you did that, John, did other National Weather Service offices start using that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did you get in any trouble at all for, for going out on a limb there? Um, no, but I really don't care. I'm a rebel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we need rebels like you. I'm yeah. a rebel. I really am. I'm, I'm usually in detention. I've been in detention. I've been in detention for 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, so, so that, how, I, I, how do we get people to care? I, I guess that's the real challenge is, yeah. you know, I think because people in my generation, especially their attention spans are just like this. They have no patience. You know, they just they think they're always right. How do you get people yeah. to care? You know, we're trying. Uh, there's places like this that we're trying to educate. Um, yeah. I, I, I've always believed that a third of my job, you asked me earlier, what does an MIC do? Um, I've always believed that at least a third of my time is getting out in the community. I do mm -hmm. a lot of rotaries. I do schools. I do as many conferences as I can. I bring my energy and I try to, it's almost like this. It's like people who still have landline phones. Okay. Yeah. You should not be on the, the darn phone in a lightning storm. Yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, 
Is that not difficult to understand? <laughs> or the shower. Or the shower. Or the shower. And it's like the people, it's like the people and the people on the boats. If you're on a body of water and there's a storm coming, what's oh, the tallest Lord, yeah. object on the water? The yeah. boat. Any yeah, a boat, anything like that, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's some basic stuff. How do I yeah. get people to care? I don't know. I educate as much as I can. I don't yeah, know what well, you can do. Yeah, and the, the other thing, too, I think that might play into this, just a hair is uh, just think about, like, what kind of extreme weather video people see. Just back to the what's sexy. People see tornadoes. They see the aftermath of tornadoes. They're scared yes. to death of that. Right. You don't, see, you don't see video, and it's very rare to have this, a, mm -hmm. a stream just regular, and all of a sudden this rushing water. You know, you don't see that flash flood. You don't see the damage photos, which, by the way, if you're watching this and you are uh, questioning, Flash flooding, water, it does a lot of damage, as much or more than a tornado ever will. Oh, it's it unbelievable. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, maybe showing those visuals is important. I don't know. It's just yeah. thinking through, like, how. I mean, it, you, you got to have a fear-based reaction in some ways. It's got to be a ra – got. we want people to have a rational reaction to flooding, of course, in any weather emergency. There's got to be that, oh, this is dangerous, light bulb yeah. click in their head before they can take action. I think I, I completely agree with that. I mean, if you see the pictures of, of Big Thompson in the 70s, that state road gone, Rapid yeah. City, Shady Side, the West Virginia flood you mentioned. Yeah. Um, I mean, there are so many examples of this. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. People are invincible. They're invincible, man. Yeah. Well, you, uh, I know uh, one of my uh, guys on uh, our Tornado Titans team, Brandon Sullivan, did the Charleston floods years ago. Couple a couple of years ago, and there's video. He had he shot video of people like there's this like it's a mile long wall of water, and people are still driving into it. And I'm saying, and the predictable thing happened over and over again in his video. And it's just like, what are people? I mean, what what right. what do you do when you're driving down the road? What rationale do you go? Oh, that looks like a lake, and it's flowing. Ah, we'll make it. <laughs> I mean, I know. I know. I know. I don't get that well, either. A lot of it is people don't want to be inconvenienced. They're like, you know, oh, yeah. I'm on my way to the store or wherever, you know, oh, I can do this. And I think what kills me more than anything is that when people have children in the car oh. and they decide to tempt that, you know, they're like, ah, I can make it across. You know, it's almost yeah. like those big, those big rigs going across a bridge where, you know, they're over weight limit and they, oh, if I go fast, I can get across it. <laughs> it's like, nope. I, I yeah. don't disagree with that. I don't disagree well, with everything I, I said think, is right. And I think too, you know, the more footage, I guess, we can get of flooding, not necessarily like, you know, white washing my people, but like destroying things. And and I know that sounds bad, but people take tornadoes seriously because they see a tornado destroying a house. They see a video of a tornado destroying a house. They see what it can do. I don't think there's not enough footage of flooding destroying things. Yeah. I, I yeah there that. may not be that fear. Yeah, yeah, and it's just yeah. not that fear. People people yeah. don't because people associate tornadoes with that. So we need to get to a point where people associate flowing water with I don't I don't want to say yeah. fear, but they they recognize the with that bad it thing. destroys things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People just don't do people don't realize that. Oh right. yeah, okay. you, you flash flood warnings are treated as an afterthought every time. Every time. Yeah. I agree and, with you. And it's just and it's just that yeah, I mean, just just from my standpoint, as someone who's interested in educating as well, I mean, it's just like, I think it is. You got to be able to show people that this is what this can yeah. do. To, you almost got to, I mean, you got to scare people into action in a way. I mean, mm -hmm. again, you don't want to scare them to where they're like paralyzed when something bad happens, but yeah. they got to have that knowledge that, oh my gosh, this could happen. There's a flash flood warning. We need to make sure we're not in danger. Right. You know, 
yeah. There's a storm spotter slide we've been using for years of a guy that's going around a barricade. You see his head just coming out the window. You ever see that cam? He's leaning out. Yeah. And when I do that, I always say, this man is dead. Yeah. He is dead because he drove around a barricade and yeah. he's dead and got caught in the floor in water. Yeah. So, so what do you guys think about, I think they do in, in Arizona where, you know, if you go around a barricade and, you know, you have to be rescued, then you have to pay back the city or whatever. Ooh, great um, idea. Yeah. So maybe that's something that, you know, cause money talks and when people find out they have to pay for the rescue or whatever, um, on top of their, a new car, um, maybe that, you know, an insurance, I don't know, does insurance cover it? If you drive through a, an area hmm. where there's a flash flood warning, it would probably insurance depend on your coverage, that. but maybe, yeah, maybe they shouldn't. shouldn't. Maybe yeah. they shouldn't. You know, I, yeah. maybe that's a way to get people's attention. I don't know. Yeah, if you, I mean, yeah, it's like you, especially children, you feel sorry, especially if a child's caught in that. But if a person, like an adult, a human adult, sees like this flowing, rushing water, a barricade, and they says, "Ah, I got it," and and they go and do it. Yeah. I mean, I, I struggle as a human being of saying. I feel sorry for you because you, I mean, yeah. because there's a lot of conscious decisions that were made going up to the point of tragedy that could have completely been prevented. And it's yeah, just, hard, it's, it's hard to feel empathy for that situation just because of that, even though, you know, they have family and I'm, everyone here has experienced loss of some kind. And you're just yeah. like, that family's going through that, but it was all preventable all the way up to it. And it's just, mm -hmm. it, it, it's as maddening and anger. I mean, it brings anger as much as anything, just knowing that. Oh. Especially in situations where we predict it well too. That, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. That point. is yeah. the most frustrating thing when- yeah, I, I, I remember reading a story, I think it was a flash flood in Texas a year or two ago, where it was just like literally wrong place, wrong time. A girl was driving across the bridge and the water wall of water hit right at that exact moment, something like yeah. that. And she was just, you know, and she was killed by that. That's something that's like, that's a tragedy. But then you hear about a story where that wall of water is already there. The bridge is out and someone still just decides to try to drive through it or something. And yeah. I mean, the predict, I mean, then you're just like, I there's agree. a lot of things. Yeah. There's only oh. so much we can do for people like yeah. that, I think. I yeah. Know. Uh, Kim, she's right. There's only so yeah. much we can do. If people want to drive through a wall of water or jump off a bridge, I can't stop you. Yeah. 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 Nope. Oh, man. Nope, nope. It's tough. That's a tough. It's just tough. Oh. Well, at least like with hurricanes, when, you know, we know a hurricane's going to hit, I think people pay more attention, you know, to flooding with that. Um, especially, I think some of the media's done better with highlighting what is going to be the worst part of this storm. Is it going to yeah. be the wind? Is it going to be the flooding? Sure. So, you yeah. know, I don't know if that's something that, you know, that local TV stations can may maybe do a better job of when there's some kind of event coming through to really say, okay, this is what the, the problem is going to be with this today or whatever. Yeah. With this yeah, Kim, you were like what they did in Houston for Harvey. The rain was forecast yeah. seven days out. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I, I know uh, after the May 31st event here in Oklahoma City, how we changed some things locally is that we have a graphic for every severe weather event that has okay. hell, tornado, winds, and flooding like in that. that graphic. And I think just those mm -hmm. kind of like visuals, like to equate flooding with tornadoes and hell, that's a, yeah. that's something that does help long-term, especially because I can remember several events this year where I, as a storm chaser, was like, okay, you know, our hell, our tornado, our winds, you know, they're all just super low end. But here's the flash flooding threat here in the red. And yeah. I mean, even I, I'm not fired up about it, but I'm like, this is what kills people. And, you know, yeah. I'm, maybe I too, you know, need to, yeah, you know, we all we all need need to, but yeah. it's just a 
point yeah, of interest. Yep. It's a good I point, Chris. We definitely yeah. need to catch ourselves. You know, I, I when yeah. I was at Acular, literally, I caught myself just wanting to forecast tornadoes and and sure. you know, and not even really knowing how to forecast flooding. So I think yeah. we can all you know really kind of push as meteorologists to really you know hone that skill as well. So. And in each part of the country, deals with flooding completely different. Okay, you've got mm -hmm. to deal with the arroyas and the backwash and debris flows out west. Okay, mm -hmm. you've got uh, places that do not drain well. All the urban areas in America, I don't care where you are, Atlanta, you cannot handle an inch and a half of rain in an hour. It is not possible. Yeah. You can't. Yeah. yeah. Okay? And then you have in the state of Missouri, for all you viewers in Missouri, you, have, you are the king of low water bridge crossings. It's just joyful. <laughs> yeah. There's only about 100,000 of them. <laughs> yeah. So this is what we're saying. We have a road, Brady, a road, okay? Yeah. A normal yeah. road. Yeah. And we are not we allow the road to go through a dry bed creek. Now yeah. think about that. Yeah. 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 Hundreds yeah. upon yeah. hundreds upon thousands of these. No. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. Kid you not. And yeah. people drive through them, and every year some people die. And I don't care how many signs you have, danger, water impassable during high water. Alert. Alert. Yeah. Danger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. All right. So like uh, Christine, one of our viewers who uh, mentions also the people like the uh, first responders who have to save people who went into mm -hmm. those oh, situations man. and sometimes lose their lives doing that, which is also, oh. also yeah. a tragedy. So like Christine did, let us know what you think uh, of this subject. Email us at questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or find us on Twitter or Facebook and tag us your thoughts so uh, we can share that on our next show. Okay. Uh, we're going to take our final break. The rest of you can refill your drinks. And when we come back, it's time for some neat weather resources, or WX resources. And, of course, we're never short on weather fools. And I understand John's going to stick around and participate with Good. us in that segment as well. There we go. Awesome. All right. We'll, we'll be right back. Hey, this is meteorologist Jim Cantore from the Weather Channel. I am a weather geek. I am listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. You should too. And welcome back, everybody. This is our favorite, second favorite, third favorite, fourth favorite. It's a favorite <laughs> segment on Stormfront Freaks called WX Resources. Uh, this this segment, it's basically where we introduce things like apps, websites, equipment, books, videos, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> or as Phil writes, uh, he, he writes a lot of things that he wants us to say. I'm going to ignore all of that. And uh, anyways, he we're, we're going to introduce with some really good things that will help you enhance your WX knowledge. Uh, be sure to check out stormfrontfreaks.com and look at our episode 39 show notes for links for all of these we're going to talk about. I'm going to lead this off. Uh, if you are watching this live, I have, uh, there was something put into operation. I'm going to try to screen share one second. We're going to see how this works. <laughs> and it is from the Storm Prediction Center. Oh man, we're going down the rabbit hole. And it is called the HREF. We've been ah, using the SREF for a long time. Uh, and the HREF is basically the same thing, except it is with the short uh, res high Short, short range high res models. Uh, it's going to be amazing when we get to storm season. Basically, just think of it as a short term ensemble. It's going to, I mean, I, I just honestly cannot wait to use this thing. So I will have a link for that. Uh, but Chris, how new is this? Uh, literally put in operation yesterday. So wow. 
And how so often I'm, will it be available? Uh, what's that? How often? I mean, is it just uh, so many hours? Or uh, That's a really good question. I don't know. Right now, there's only one run available. It is the zero UTC run, and there is okay. nothing available. So I would imagine... Wow. I, I would imagine it's going to be pretty often because since it's I a short so. so yeah. it might be hourly. It might be hourly or every okay. three hours. So wow. yeah, I am cool. super excited. I have no idea how to end screen share. There it is. So anyways, coming up next for our next WX resource, Kim, what do you got? Oh, it's me. Okay. All right. Let me, uh, <laughs> hopefully I'll do this right. This you guys remember? Fun. The skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So mine is a Twitter, uh, somebody I follow or something, some, Somebody I follow on Twitter. Does anybody know this one? Breaking 911 Nature. Anybody I follow see it. this yeah. one? Yeah. All right. And I like this because this is on Twitter. They just have sometimes, and this is this is crazy to me. They actually have some video on here that I think makes it here on Twitter before you see it on any anywhere else. Like even on the Weather Channel and some of these other ones, I find videos, weather videos. Uh, before, like this one, I saw before they started showing it on the Weather Channel. Um, it's actually that house that's flowing down the river. <laughs> there it goes. Yeah. Um, oh, the bridge yeah. See, that's what I was talking gets about. Totally, you yeah. know, sucked in. But they also yeah. do. No, that's absolutely horrible. Can you imagine yeah. your house? I just can't even imagine that. Yeah. So sometimes they get video in before everybody else, but they also do forecasts. You know, they'll do pull some Weather Channel things. <clears throat> so they get some of their sources from all different places around the country. And I just find that, you know, I get a lot of stuff quicker um, on this Twitter feed. So that's my weather res or weather resource. It's breaking 911 nature on Twitter. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Brady, okay. what about you? All right. So I'm going to stay on theme here with, I, it's a little bit, it's not hurricane hunters, but it, it's definitely, uh, it's aviation weather uh, oh, that's good. from the National Weather Service. Uh, this is the um here's like a really cool interactive like basically station plot map from all across the united states even up into canada and we're gonna play a little game right now we're gonna play find the cold front here uh <laughs> you guys find the cold front on this map where where do you guys think it is oh boy maybe north of indianapolis let's see here i see it yeah yeah you guys yeah. see it yeah yeah. Okay. Well, that, that's what's so cool about Detroit, Indianapolis. Yep. Exactly. South coming yeah. right, coming right through here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We actually Very did a lot of this in college. We would like, take these maps and like draw the they're front. Fun. The it's pretty cool. I still but doing that. this is really just a really cool site. Not only does it have the station plots, uh, but it also has um, some of the METAR reports. Once again, here is the interactive station plot map. Um, and then here you can go literally and click on any of these um, to get the individual reports then here's just the raw METAR data for those of you that love reading METARs 24 hours a day <laughs> um, i remember we had to do one of these for a class assignment that was fun um but yeah here's the here's the airport code and then um all of the METAR information so all it's a pretty right. cool website um especially yeah. for those uh um Flight weather uh, people out there. I know a couple of my friends were pilots. They This was like the number one site they would go to. So it's pretty cool. Awesome. 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 Well, what about you, John? I'm going to give a sh My big passion is uh, students in meteorology, even more than hurricanes. That is uh -huh. my gift. Uh, my job is to scare the bejeebers out of young people to get their act together. <laughs> you need to come and to Ohio to State, and I'll, I'll come back. Do some, uh, to get them to get them motivated to get in the weather and i want to give us i go to universities all across the country 
And I want to give a shout out to a school that was fledgling that is now like a stock. You want to buy a stock in it. And that's down at WKU, Western Kentucky University. And a guy named Dr. Professor Josh Durkee. And he's got white squirrel weather. Okay. <laughs> so you check out their app. You check out their webpage. He's got students doing forecasts for football games at WKU and wow. for clients and emergency managers and for airport people all around Southern Kentucky. Wow. And, the, wow. and he's got That's this awesome. chaos lab. I like that name, chaos. <laughs> and he's got this chaos lab with webcams and takes them on storm chases. And they've got all these sensors, micronets all around Southern Kentucky. So you want to check out the white squirrel weather. It's a moving, it's a shaking. And uh, Dr. Durkee is the man. He's the <laughs> man who's turned that around. And another school, real quick, I want to give a shout out to Valparaiso. Yep. Up there, up north, uh, to me, and I should watch what I say, but I'm going to tell you the way it is, is um, uh, Dar Dr. Bart Wolf. That has got to the premier operational meteorology school in America. If you mm. want to get into operations, mm -hmm. you can't go any better than Valparaiso. Hey, I was a crusader, baby, for, okay, for a semester, but. <laughs> their, their weather lab, and their weather lab is bigger than most people's basements. Really? Yep. Yep, and it, it's got there's it's literally like on the second story of a building. It's like all yep. glass windows around it. They launch weather balloons. Literally, when the, whenever there was a weather event, everyone would just come flocking to that building. It was a really cool collaborative yep. space. I they got it. their own dual pole radar. How many yeah. schools yeah. have their own dual oh. pole radar? Yeah, really cool. That. So nice. check out White Squirrel Weather. Get the app. White That's Squirrel. Awesome. White Squirrel Weather. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Right, well, nice. that is all of our WX resources. Brady, I believe I'm turning it over to you now. So, Chris, unlike you know, unlike the weather resource where it could be the first or second best, I guess I already <laughs> said it. Uh, the weather uh, <laughs> the, event, the favorite part of the show, the uh, weather falls is actually the second best, and that's official. I just got word from Phil. <laughs> so, what is weather fools? So, weather fools. Us as the freaks, we're looking on the internet for someone that did something silly, stupid, or just downright goofy when it comes to the weather. Usually, the best weather fools are a video. Last or a couple weeks ago, we had uh, someone that um, was out in a thunderstorm and almost got struck by lightning. That was really scary, but it was just really shocking because lightning struck right next to him. And, you know, you know, if there's a thunderstorm, you probably should go indoors. You know, when thunder roars, go indoors. But Anyway, it's a great phrase. So, got the weather fools this week. Kim, do you have weather yes, fools? I do. Right, I actually do. All right. <laughs> so, you know, I have to, uh, let me see here. First, let me, let me get this. Uh, all right. Okay. There it is. I have to give a shout out to my buddy, Keith Carson, who used to be a meteorologist at the Weather Channel. He's up in Maine right now. And uh, he's a local meteorologist. And so he's outside doing the weather. He's got a green screen behind him. And he's out there just talking about the weather and uh, getting ready to do a segment. And let me, let me go back. Let me see here. Hang on. I want to go back. And how do you go back? Yeah, okay. back there, yeah. So there he is. So he's actually just looking. He's just talking about the weather. And a man and his son just kind of start slowly well, moving. They in just walk in. <laughs> <laughs> just, just slide. They slide right in. The kids so waving. It's a, it's a man and his son. And uh, so Keith kind of looks over and says, oh, look, we got people coming in here. And 
So they come over, they just stand there, kind of have deer in the headlight looks. And so wow. Keith's just talking to him. And, <laughs> and then he's, and then Keith's probably getting like, hurry up, wrap, wrap. You got oh, 10 sure. seconds. And so he's yeah. trying to get this forecast in. And so they're kind of in the way. And eventually they all got it. Anyway, it just was hilarious. That's so awesome. Was, That's um, funny. <laughs> So I guess the real weather fool was the camera guy who didn't, who prevented them or for didn't prevent yeah. them from getting on, right. getting on the set. Just, right the it was too funny. So that's on, that was on breaking number one nature, but he actually tweeted this out as well. So that's, that was uh, that's fun to really watch. Awesome. But Keith Carson, he's a trip. Okay. That's it for that's me guys. Awesome. That's awesome, Kim. All right. Well, okay. John, you have a weather fool, correct? Yeah, I do. I don't know how to move this over. I'm not the tech guy, but oh, you're good. If, if I want to laugh, and I've been I've I've gone to YouTube a thousand times to see this. If you want to laugh, Al Roker. <laughs> Al <laughs> Roker. I want everyone to go to YouTube and type Al Roker being blown away. Yeah. Okay. And, and <laughs> Al Roker, if you like to laugh, I mean it's like Wiley Coyote, right? Yeah. Everyone laughs yeah. when the coyote is about to be hit. <laughs> but this is real. There's yeah. a guy that's being paid money by NBC, right, Cam? Being paid yeah. to hold on to Al Walker's leg in a hurricane. So yeah. this guy's right. holding on, and he's getting hit with 100-mile-per-hour winds. And Al Walker gets hit by this big gust, and he goes down there like, if you watch pro wrestling, like the DDT of Jake the Snake. And he goes down, boom! And he is down, and... Matt Lauer's face is this big. Oh yeah, my yeah. gosh! <laughs> he goes, I'm okay. I'm okay. And, and Matt Lauer says, "If you think Al's got a bad job, how'd you like to have the job holding his leg?" Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so everyone type Al Roker being blown away, and you too will laugh. Yeah. Okay. I just right. nice. It was fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure that guy probably volunteered for that gig, though. He, he, oh, he, yeah, like, definitely a volunteer position. How do you, what is that job application? What's the <laughs> job know. application? What are you, a leg holder? A leg holder, no. a support beam. I don't know. I'm sure, like I'm sure he was an intern. <laughs> He's a grip. Yeah. Yes. Well, that was great, John. And yeah. I would highly, I just did that on YouTube. I would highly recommend that to our viewers because that was well worth the clip. Um, <laughs> it's only 24 seconds. 24 yes. seconds. That, that might have been the best one we've seen in a while. I'll tell you that. I just watched that video. It was, it was straight. Have you seen it, Kim? Have you seen yes. it? Yes. 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 I have. Awesome. awesome. Great. All right. Well, so my weatherful this week, it's not going to be nearly as good. It, it, it's more on a serious note, I guess. Um, so my weather fool is who's ever not staffing the weather service. Uh, this was a, a article from the Washington Post. Um, basically, the how the weather service is having to uh, scale back their weather balloon launches. Um, so I just think, you know, of all the things to scale back, that's not what you want. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think, yeah. you know, we need to get our act together. And um, I know we... News. Yeah. Oh, fake news. You said, Kim. Yeah. Okay. Uh, explain why. I haven't Washington really Post. What? Okay. Yeah. Well, go on. But still, it's just it. Regardless, we need to just we need to get ahead of the National Weather Service at least. Um, I, I think someone needs. I know he's been appointed, but just get him through and let's get the right guy for the job and let's let's move on. But just my two cents for the day. 
but so that's my weather fool this week it's kind of an unnamed unnamed man so not really funny but anyway uh so you can find all of these links of the videos on our show is it 39 yes that is show 39 show notes on stormfrontfreaks.com where you'll also find a section about meet the freaks where there's some devilishly good looking pictures you can find on there as well so <laughs> and i think we might put put a picture up of our guests as well too john so hopefully you've probably provided us with a good headshot so yeah, yeah i think i have i don't know, Let me know if you <laughs> well if you don't like it you can just send phil an email and complain that's to him. Right. yeah definitely i mean if i first show here and he doesn't even show up i know i know <laughs> the nerve of that guy right right all right come on okay. man uh, you know what? I think we did great without him, though. I, I think we might have to, you know, do this more often. We'll yeah. This what, uh, I don't know. What? What? what could be that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've got uh, listener comments. We had several tweets uh, that mentioned us here this last couple of weeks. Um, at Storm Chaser Ray says, "Beer." Okay. I respectfully <laughs> request attendance during the next podcast to discuss beer. I mean, the weather and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, like i said happy hour is always That's happening right. happy hour all the time rob h says i'm 30 minutes into this episode and Catherine has already boosted the credibility of the show awesome nice. guest so mm, nice. uh, Catherine got a couple shout outs there's another one coming up um the east central indiana skywarn uh group says love the show tonight first time watching and i'm hooked Hope to see you at Indianapolis in November. We are on Twitter at ECIS or ECI Skywarn. Mm. And Dan Apgar at WX Geek Dan says, awesome show last night. First time watching your show. Won't be the last, even live music included. And some of you remember we had uh, live music from Catherine on. Yes, uh, Metallica. Well, I loved so. it. Yeah. Really? She had live music? <laughs> yeah, she, she did. Played, she played yes. Fade to Black, Metallica. Oh, man, I could have had my recorder. Dang oh, it. Yeah, you missed that. Hey, now we're opening the door, right? Since since people are to play live music on here, I think. Uh, I should have uh -oh. brought my favorite weather song of all. The wreck yes. of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. We all know that one, don't we? I know. That's, from my, neck of, that's, that's from my neck of the woods. So yeah. So MJ, real quick, I thought yes. I thought I saw where a, a radio station mentioned us too about the weather oh. fools. What was that? I saw a tweet or something about that. I'm sorry. Yes. I was gonna, since we already talked about it, I was kind of going to leave that one off. But it was oh, uh, in, re in, in response to your uh, weather fool about the the poor kid with the umbrella yeah. that almost got hit by the lightning. Uh, Mike Seidel uh, had tweeted out something about this, about let that be a lesson that uh, stay indoors, like you say, when the when it roars, stay indoors. Um, but Radio W9LW Weather, um, who is uh, Jay Farlow, I believe, uh, re retweeted that and, talk and said, this is truly scary. Were he not a child, I'd probably call him a Darwin Award nominee or a Stormfront Freaks podcast, Weather Fool. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, he did, so he did mention us. That, uh, yeah, so. Nice. That was cool. Sorry. I, I'm glad you mentioned that. So yeah, there you go. Cool. All right. Well, that about does it for this episode of Stormfront Freaks podcast and Stormfront Freaks Raw. And Brady, I agree. We I think we did okay. Uh, I agree as well. I, I, Phil I guess. Who? Phil, Phil, who? Phil, hey, Phil, yeah. if you're listening to this, submit some, uh, some uh, listener feedback. We'd love to hear from you, Phil. <laughs> 
he, he actually, <laughs> I, I will tell you who actually did chime in on the uh, uh, YouTube chat. So. Oh, really? <laughs> he did. Uh -huh. Yep. Oh, my. And if you want oh, to he's watch. watching Brady. Deck. Oh, his, oh, his, oh his, crap. First, uh, his first comment was, who lets these people broadcast? So. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be on next week. I think Phil's going to, I'm going to get a call from him this week. He's going to kick yeah. me off. <laughs> so so thank you everyone for listening and watching please take the time to leave us a five-star review on your favorite podcast app special thanks tonight to our guest john gordon awesome thank, thank you, you. thanks for having me yeah, thanks john. John. thanks so thank much you. john it was thank great. You. i enjoyed it awesome in our next episode in two weeks recording live on november 16th will be our holiday uh, shopping uh, episode or our holiday shopping extravaganza with reviews and giveaways of some great weather gifts from WeatherX, Eaton, Sanjean, Alex Brands, and weatherproshop.com. So you do not want to miss that. Plus, we'll be sharing some great holiday weather themed drink recipes from Jess and Jen Bartend. So um, again, you don't want to miss that one. Be sure to click subscribe on your podcast app to be notified when it's available. Go to stormfrontfreaks.com or our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash stormfrontfreaks if you would like to watch it live. So for Brady, Kim, Chris, and John, I'm signaling the all clear, and we will catch you next time. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye. Peace. Peace take care, guys. Enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Stormfront Freaks podcast. To subscribe and be notified when new episodes of our bi-weekly show are available, you can go to Apple Podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app and search for Stormfront Freaks. If you would like to contact us with questions or make comments about the show, shoot us an email to questions at stormfrontfreaks.com or follow us on Twitter at Stormfront Freak. We'd love to hear from you. For show notes, additional information about this episode, as well as past and upcoming shows, videos, photos, and more, visit our website at stormfrontfreaks.com. While you're there, check out the interactive radar provided by our friends at zoomradar.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash stormfrontfreaks. Join us next time and tell a friend about the Stormfront Freaks podcast.